2: Hello and welcome to Marcus Meets, a show available via iTunes, podcasts for Apple devices or Acast which works on iPhone and Android. You can listen with whatever device you want really by heading to marcusbronzy.com slash meets. That's M-A-R-C-U-S-B-R-O-N-Z-Y dot com slash meets. Now this episode is the Dev episode. Dev has worked in children's television and probably most notably 14 years He has spent on BBC Radio 1, which is an impressive run in any area of entertainment, really, to be doing it for 14 years. Um, Dev also helps out on another podcast that I work with, which is called How to Kill an Hour. Uh, So this isn't the first time myself and Dev have sat down and we have a little chat about Dev's obese voice. Or is it uh, also how the radio landscape has changed over the last 10 years or so, who he really rates and respects as broadcasters and him being brutally honest with Idris Elba. And how that worked out. But first, Dev, don't you have a case of mistaken identity to talk to me about?
3: Oh yeah. (laughs) So um, I'd gone into Radio One to go and do an interview in the afternoon. uh, The same day I did my show, so I went back into work, and then afterwards I needed to pick up. At the same time, I was getting my lap uh, my laptop upgraded. If you put, I only learned the other day that if you for any Mac fans, (laughs) people who have laptops. So you do you do how to kill an hour? That's a tech podcast. You could snip this up and put this in there as well. But I only learned the other day. Basically, with a MacBook Pro, you can tear out the CD drive. Which let's face it, no one fucking uses that shit anyway, today. Like if you're if you're watching DVDs on your laptop, you're lame. Like you're not using it for the right things. Um, so you can tear that out and you can put in an SSD or solid state drive which if you now boot off of that drive it will run up to 94 times faster like my laptop now is a fucking beast it's 16 gig of RAM I shouldn't be saying this should I is it (laughs) going to make me a target (laughs) is it going to see me and be like no seriously I just want to say this as, as a disclaimer okay my life is on my laptop like if someone stole my laptop that's like all my tunes it's all my Fucking stuff that I work on and everything like that. It wouldn't be good. Um, So anyway, so I had to go and get um, a screwdriver called... I want to get this right. Uh, It begins with T. Fuck, what do they call them? It's a type of screwdriver. It's got like five points on it. It's called a... Not tungsten... What's going name me why can't my brain remember things it's called uh you know what none of this is important anyway so I've gone to get uh, the type of screwdriver you need to take off the CD drive and put in an SSD so I've gone into Maplin's it's a popular high street electrical store where you can get all those kind of things from so I'd walked in got my screwdriver walked up to the till and uh, this girl comes up to me and she goes uh, she's like maybe like, like late teens or something like that early 20s she comes up to me and she like oh, excuse me do you mind if I get a picture Bearing in mind, I look like a complete tramp, right? I got a really baggy, horrible t shirt on. And I got like these dusty, uh, tracksuit bottoms on or whatever. I'm probably like beat up trainers, but I'm off the clock, you know. I'm only going on radio. I'm not doing no telly or anything like that. So fuck it. So she comes up to me she said, You know, do you mind if I have a picture? And obviously, I would never say to anybody, No, you can't have a picture. That's ridiculous, right? So I was like, Yeah, yeah, cool. No problem. Took the picture. And then, as she finished taking the picture, the other thing I thought was really weird is her dad, who I assumed was her dad, who was taking the picture. His hands were shaking a bit. It's like he was nervous. I was like, he's like nervous to take a picture of me. That's weird. Um, So yeah, I noticed that his hands were shaking when he was taking the picture. They took the picture and then as she was walking away, she turned around and she went, oh, uh, I really like it every time you're on question time. And I thought, (laughs) I, I couldn't hide I couldn't hide the expression on my face. The only thing I thought to do was to turn my body away from her and look down. But as I did, I kind of frowned. And in that second, I thought, oh, fuck, she thinks I'm a Carla. She thinks I'm rapper. And would you would you say activist? Is that the right thing? Just very... Profound spokesperson. Very clever, forward-thinking uh, personality who's very intelligent, right? Uh, very sort of like learned as well the complete opposite of me coherent right <laughs> also he has dreads okay so <laughs> she thinks I'm a Carla and I was like oh, I don't want to tell her I can't say oh no excuse me but then I immediately thought if she thinks I'm a Carla right and I'm not and she realises that don't I now just look like some mental guy who has just agreed to take a picture with somebody for no reason um, and then I walked away and I just thought I just thought it was so funny. I was like, I have to tweet about this. This is the funniest thing that's happened to me in ages. I tweeted like, oh, I just got mistaken for Carla and Maplin. Then she did recognise me, but not as dev from Radio One because uh, a lot of people don't know what I look like. It's just the kind of byproduct of being on radio. It's what I quite like actually. For example, quick side note: a lot of people think I'm quite fat. You might be listening to this right now. I think. Oh, Marcus talking to some fatty, right? I'm not, I'm not, I've got nothing against fat people. I'm just, I've just I'm just, I'm not fat. But it's, people have said that enough to me. Oh, by the way, I saw a picture of you recently and you're not as fat as you sound. Enough people have said that to me that I've now just decided and come to terms with, oh, right, okay, I have a fat voice. This is something, I'm I'm fine with it. Uh, so I'd come out of Maplin, I tweeted about this. She'd gone on Twitter to find me and then been like, oh my god, I just had this moment in Maplin, I'm Mr. Dev or Akala. I thought it was hilarious. I, I, then she tweeted the picture of me and her <laughs> together. I retweeted it. I mentioned Akala in the tweet that I sent out. Carla saw it and like said back like LOL. or something. The whole situation was very funny. Mortifying for her, but fucking hilarious for everybody else. Um, so yeah, that was a real, that's the most exciting thing that's happened to me. I think this year is <laughs> <laughs> getting mistaken for a Akala in Maplin. That's the most exciting thing.
2: It's August 2016, just so you can put that in perspective right now.
3: I I don't know what, I don't know what was funnier. The fact that she thought that I was a Carla or the fact that she thought that I'd appeared on Question Time. Like, (laughs) me on Question Time. Like, even questions about stuff that I'd, know about on a platform like question time i would struggle with so dev what's your name uh well uh well yes yeah, it's, it's a complicated issue uh m- many different sides. I, i'd crumble on a program like that. i just thought it was very funny that she thought i was this really smart person who gives these really informed intelligent speeches and i'm not i'm a guy who talks about myself and eating cake on the fucking radio like that's <laughs> couldn't be further from from what she thought but yeah it's good though
2: Dev, do you think you handled it well? How do you What's, think you handled it? What was
3: I supposed to do? Am I supposed to tell her, when she says, oh, I love you when you're on question time, I go, I ain't, I ain't never fucking been on question time. That'd be more embarrassing for her, wouldn't it? Isn't yeah. it better to just go, sure, no problem. Like, let's Um, she said to me, only maybe a week before that happened, this is, this is, this kind of made me start thinking, i got to get... i got to try and get famous, man. Even just a little bit. Just so people know what I do. At least get my fucking name right. So, I was at Thought Park. They'd done this evening where... Darren Brown's got a new ghost train. It's really good. It's at Thought Park. And it's sort of... Uh, it's the first ride I've ever been on with virtual reality. So you put on a headset and headphones as well on a ghost train. Fucking terrifying, right? Really good. But they only allowed about 200 people in. So you could go on a lot of the other rides as well. It's amazing. We was queuing up for about 10 seconds to get on every single one of the rides. It was amazing. Um, So as I was walking around the park, this girl walked past me and just before she walked past me, I saw her look at her friend. This never happens, by the way. I don't get recognised that in public, but it just so happens that I got mistaken two times in a week. Uh, she's As she's walking towards me, I see her nudge her friend as if to go, oh, look, look, here's, here's somebody. Watch what I'm about to do kind of thing. I don't know if it was a wind-up. I don't know if she was being serious or not, but she just walked past me and she went, with all the confidence in the world, she walked past me and she went, all right, DJ Neville? And i like, just, I went, I didn't really acknowledge it. I just was like, okay. I saw her again in the car park as I was getting into my car and she yelled across and she was like, bye DJ Neville, by the way, I know that's not your real name. I didn't, I don't really know how to take that information again. I don't know if she was in a windup or if she genuinely thought that my DJ name is DJ Neville or she was mistaken a, uh, a, puppet bear from a children's show that i used to do if we i mean we have quite similar names dev Nev. (laughs) that's hilarious Uh, i can see how she might have mistaken the two of us one of us being a live human being one of us being a human operated sock that is probably in storage right now uh but i don't know i don't know either way if she was she was on a wind up but i didn't react to that situation at all with this other one being mistaken in maplins similar deal i didn't really react to it. I just sort of let her go, okay, let what's the harm and, and I think I'm a Carla. Like what's the big deal? You know a good friend of mine uh who resembles Tiny Temper. <laughs> like, <laughs> not really, but it, you go to a rural part of the UK where there's not it, where there's no black people, right? And as far as they're concerned, my friend is the spitting image of Tiny Temper. So, you know, to the point where we even got him up on stage one time, slapped a pair of sunglasses on (laughs) him, and got him to do a live PA as Tiny Tempo. No one knew the difference, as far as they know. Fucking Tiny Tempo came into the PA in Carlisle. He was Uh, honey. He was honey that night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After that happened. Do you know the funniest thing about that, though, is. uh, he didn't know any of the words So <laughs> <laughs> They thought Fucking Tiny temper's a bit shit Remember the names The words to his own song Is that like, no It's um, not even him
2: I think I think me and Nick Were rapping the words And he was just He was holding the microphone In a way <laughs> He knew the words so that pass out It was covered like, Yeah But the mic was covering His mouth as well So he was just going He was just like doing the You know like the rapper hand And the rapper hand is like When you wave oh, furiously Why didn't
3: we record that Oh, uh, what a travesty hilarious. that we didn't record that. So I think, yeah. what what i supposed to do? Tell this girl, no, sorry, I'm not Carla. I'm actually, uh, I'm actually dead from radio. Wonder if you ever listened to the radio, suddenly in Sundays from six and ten or do the weekend. But I can't, I, I don't want to do any of that. So I just kind of let her believe it. She figured it out a little bit later on. All was rectified. You know, the, the balance was restored and the world carried on. How, great.
2: how do you think Carla would handle the situation if it was reversed on him? He was I in th- Mad or oh, he was on Question
3: Time. if she she asked for a picture and as she walked away she turned around and said to him by the way I really love the weekend breakfast show radio (laughs) (laughs) would he have just thought maybe he wouldn't have thought I think he would say something he'd go does he even know does he even know that I do the weekend breakfast show though that's what I'm saying I don't feel Akala's really my demographic not saying that the listeners of my show are stupid I just mean that Akala's very smart so he might be listening to a uh,
2: a more, let's say, um, educationally nourishing type of radio. Maybe,
3: maybe like, maybe it's it's not it's just not for him. Maybe he listens to. I, the I think he knows. I think he knows that I, I'm I'm a radio DJ. Like yeah. I've, I've I've met him before. I've interviewed right. him before and his sister before. But um, I think he would have said something. Me, I had pussied out. I was like, oh, let me just let her think that. I think Akala would you know, the nicest way possible he would have gone, oh no, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm actually Akala, I'm a rapper and you know, so also do these, these, these talks as well kind of thing. Like, you, know, you just, you've made a bit of a mistake there. Yeah. I think he would have called her out on it but I didn't. Just shut her down. <laughs> no, I think he would have done it in a nice way. Okay. Yeah.
2: You know what? You mentioned a couple of things. A fat voice. Yeah.
3: You have got a, a, a thick voice. Yeah. What? Who's got a skinny voice though? uh i don't think anyone's got a skinny voice but i think most people would agree you've heard someone's voice on the radio and then put in your head you've pictured in your mind what they look like and then you find out what they look like and the two are rarely similar you know rarely the same rather that uh someone looks so someone sounds how they look in your head right does that make sense
2: yeah i'll close my eyes when you're saying that and yeah you were a bit fatter that's what but- I mean. So what kind of voice have I got? Like a, I think mean, I've got a small person's voice, like a little short guy.
3: It's difficult hey. because I... No, it does when you put that voice on, you sound little, yeah. Um, that's a difficult one to answer because I obviously... I think I heard and saw you at the same time. Ah. Yeah. yeah. It's sort of a, it's a a barrage, a bit of an assault on the senses. Or just like all this information coming at me at once kind of thing. I was like, it's quite a lot to quite a lot to take on but what kind of voice do you have? You have a... I think you sound smarter than you are. <laughs> 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 no, it's a suspect. I mean, that's a good thing. I mean, I mean, that as a compliment, I like sound... Can you, how can you not take within, <laughs> No, 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 what are you talking about? Wouldn't you rather sound smarter than you are than to sound dumber than you are?
2: I'd rather be smarter than everyone presumed. What about you? Wouldn't you rather No, be- but you
3: are, but you sound smarter than you are. Oh. Uh, either way, it's an insult, isn't it? You're yeah. saying you're smarter than you look, yeah. and you also saying you're. Smart. It's you're like not as smart as you sound. It's like
2: oh. you look like you could be a really good footballer.
3: Yeah. Well, no, I think. See, this says more about you than it does about me. I think. Ah. All right, just to sort of flip this around. Ah. Your perception of me saying yours, you sound smarter than you are, immediately meant that negative, as, as if to say that you're stupid. But all I'm saying is, your voice sounds so smart. Nah, it still sounds like an. <laughs> It's probably I'm, the. It's probably the. No offense. I'm trying to dig my way yeah. out of this, but yeah, either way, I think you know what I meant. There's yeah. a compliment in there somewhere. If
2: I just say thank you, and you say you're welcome, are we cool with that then? Thank you, Dev.
3: Peel back the layers. Yeah, and there's a compliment in there somewhere. You're welcome. Much
2: appreciated. You know, what, you actually mentioned something. This is how you can get an idea of the sort of radio Dev has done in the past, and he may do in the future. Eating cake on radio. I still do that. That was one of that was one of the features. Yeah, that I remember thinking. Nah, this is way too much
3: fun for someone to, to to have as a job. I still do that. Well, I thought the the old school way of doing radio, particularly daytime into a mainstream audience, is to perhaps be a bit well, we're wacky here over here. What's he gonna do next? Kinda of thing. And that definitely worked for a long time. But there's certain people who have turned really normal conversations that you have with your friends and stuff and you know, the sort of like playful element of things, they've turned that into their on-air persona. Someone like Scott Mills, for example, is just an absolute master. He doesn't sound like he's presenting a radio show. He sounds like he's just one of your friends or you're just having a bit of a laugh. I wanted to be like that. I wanted, to, when people listen to my show, I want people to know about who I am and whether or not they, you know, even if they don't like that, you know, if they, I'd rather someone goes, oh, I don't like Dev and they know me than to just go, Oh, I'd rather people know stuff about me and then they get to make up their mind. I I feel like the way I do radio is very candid. I want to wear my heart on my sleeve. I want to be very vulnerable. I want to own my weaknesses and stuff that I would normally, or people would normally be embarrassed about. And to be honest, once you start doing it, once you start being like that, it's really easy. So once you start just being really honest about how you feel about things and like, I had an interview with. Can I? Is it right to throw in a clang? Is it too early for a clang? So I interviewed Idris Elba a couple of months ago. Um, as we're walking into the studio, he's he's surrounded by, you know, a, a PR person from the film company, and maybe like a makeup person and a manager and whoever. So he's got this kind of circle of people around him until you get into the studio, and then it just becomes you and him. So as we're walking into the studio, he turns to me and he says, "Oh, have you seen the new film that he's in?" He's, I think he's produced it I was like yeah he said what did you think now what you're supposed to say every time without fail is yeah it was amazing yeah I really liked it that's what you're supposed to say but I'm so used to just being honest about things that I I just gave him my honest response which was like yeah I liked the first three quarters I felt like it kind of fell apart a little bit towards the end I didn't really understand what was going on I feel like it wasn't as good as I was hoping but the first three quarters were really good and he was like oh okay cool and I immediately felt better that i'd just been honest about something and even that in itself made a much more interesting anecdote maybe for me uh maybe everyone else is going well that was fu- that was fucking shit what a <laughs> disappointment um but uh, uh i feel like for me that was much more satisfying to be able to just be honest about how i felt and i feel like that about radio in general like whenever i'm on i'm like just being honest about stuff and when things are a bit shit and something doesn't quite work out to go well, that was that was a bit shit wasn't it and i like to feel that People connect with that People connect with that That level of honesty I think yeah.
2: Do you find that you Or how often do you do that In real life now?
3: That le- that sort of level of honesty I mean obviously I still lie <laughs> I still Yeah I can still Barefaced lie to somebody Yeah of yeah. course But um, I mean I try and be honest with myself About a lot of things Like uh, For example With something like Timekeeping And Focus I try and be really honest with myself. I I get quite into new computer games and shit when they come out. There's games when they come out that just completely take over my whole life and I have to really talk myself down. None of this is productive. Come on, there's a difference between a couple of hours to just like, oh yeah, this is a cool new game I'm into and you letting it completely dominate your life and planning shit around it um you know, I have to be honest about that's an addictive side of my personality and a potentially quite destructive part of my personality as well that I have to somehow somehow find a way to manage uh but yeah I, I, isn't that what most people are trying to do Is be as honest as they can about things it's just I have a job that allows me to maybe be a little bit more honest than some other people I don't feel that there's much PR that I have to do in my job like I am my PR, my personality is, I can't fake me. Certainly not when you're on the radio a lot, you can't, people will see through it. And do you think that's something that more broadcasters should do? Um. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, I feel like if you have an opportunity to, so I'm just going to pull myself pull myself a little bit of water. Do you reckon this will gross people out? The sound of me gulping down some water. All right. Well, both of us will drink and whoever has the That's dirtiest right. sound. Yeah, I'm going to lean away from the mic just because I don't want to. Be... Dev,
2: yeah, that wasn't very far away from See the now,
3: mic. I feel like part of me can't help feel like you did that. You ham that up a little bit. Did what? Sit to your drink like that. That wasn't me. That I've, was I've, loved, I've known you a long time ago, but I've never, ever seen you drink that, that wasn't anything that, like that. that. That was you. Alright, okay, if you say, what was we talking about? I forget, I got distracted as soon as I started (laughs) Um, talking about hydration.
2: We were talking about, should more broadcasters be uh, honest?
3: Uh, I think that's the direction that it's definitely gone in, is that people are more interested in realness and having a connection with somebody who's a real person. Like I give somebody like, this, this country is obsessed with the kind of average guy on the street Suddenly becoming famous, or you know, we're we're obsessed with that. And I always use them as an example. I give him a bit of a hard time, but I don't mean to. But this is just a perfect example of how this country views its people in the public eye, or whatever you, how, however you want to say. Them. Someone like Olly Murs, right? Do you know you? What's the one thing you only ever hear about Olly Lo- nice Murs? Yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah, a nice guy. Isn't he supposed to be a pop star? Like, so, yeah, but he's a nice guy. But he can't really sing that well. He's a nice guy but he doesn't dance, he doesn't write his own song, but fuck off, he's a nice guy. Why is that enough? Why is that enough to just be a nice guy? But I don't know, it's something about, you know, this this country that likes nice guys. I, I don't feel like I am. I feel like I have some, I have like bitterness, I have jealousy, I have all those like really negative parts of my personality and why should I, why are those supposed to be suppressed? That's not a, if you only ever put that out on your, say, my on-air persona, if that was, if it was only ever, oh, I'm really happy, I'm really upbeat, I love everything. That's not giving somebody a full spectrum of a human being, is it? That's a very, how many times are we like constantly happy in our lives? We're not. We have, you know, days where we're not feeling that great or whatever. And I don't know. I I like to be able to like go on the radio and talk about be embarrassed about something or you know if I was going to give out an award somewhere being nervous beforehand and a little bit stressed out maybe it, like, I fucked up it didn't go so well I love being able to like talk about all of those different things so I don't know I guess if you were a uh, somebody who wanted to get into presenting now and it was something you wanted to do there's so many people trying to do it there's so many different mediums that people can get attention for you know like youtubers and podcasts or whatever but what no one else can do as naff as this sounds what nobody else can do is you so if you find a way to be as much of yourself as possible again this all sounds like cliche or whatever but it's because it's true if you can find a way to just be yourself and not copy what someone else is doing not try and take someone else's persona and make it your own or whatever not do any of that then you'll always I feel like you'll always stand out and you'll always be unique personally I'd like to see more people being uh doing that but I mean who am I I didn't I didn't write the book on presenting or anything and I'm genuinely astonished that I've been able to do what I do this long even like I'm surprised no one's come along and tap me on the shoulder and gone do you know what I don't you're not really that good, are you? You kind of <laughs> got by. You've achieved a lot with a little. So, um, so yeah, I, I would like to see more, more, more people being like that. Just being like honest. Let's not play it down, though, um,
2: Dev. You are. I'd put you in the OG category of broadcaster now because mm. you've done ten plus years, but,
3: but only because I've been doing it for so yeah. long. It's oh, not of like, yeah, it's not like I've done anything prolific or. I don't. I certainly don't think you should measure success success by awards or anything like that that you've won but for example I don't feel like I don't feel like I've peaked with what I want to do with like broadcasting and as a career I don't feel like I feel like I'm yet to do the biggest show for example that I want to do or I'm yet to kind of have this platform that I feel is you know I'm in complete control of or is a pinpoint accurate representation of, of 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 who i am you know i i reckon it's only because i've been doing it for so long and i feel like i've only figured out how to do it the way i want to do it in like the last three or four years it's taken that long for me to be i didn't start off being you know just like saying whatever the fuck i felt like i didn't start off being like that i started off very very safe and I didn't even want to talk when I first started radio. I just wanted to play records. It's been a really gradual, slow, you know, me trying to figure out how I'm supposed to do this. And I only, yeah, in the last three or four years, feel like I'm not nailed it, but certainly able to do it in a way that I'm much more comfortable with now.
2: So if you were to paint that picture of, of that peak or that area that you're in
3: of complete control, what would that look like? What would that be like? Um, I don't know. Like I'd love to do a really big I'd love to do a really big flagship show on Radio 1. But only because I feel like it would be it'd be like a real challenge. It'd be really different.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
3: And people who do it on that high level, they're so, they're so engaged in what they're doing. I just would love to see how I operate on that level. But outside of radio i think podcast for example is a really good platform for people like us and people who do our job because not i don't think that a lot of people want to listen to what what necessarily is we have to say but i feel like i'd love to have say for example have a podcast where the kind of people that i get on and the kind of conversations that we're having are conversations I wouldn't be able to have on somewhere like Radio 1. And not because it's sweary or anything like that, but because people are listening for different reasons. On Radio 1, any national radio show, never for one second think that people are listening because of you. They're not listening because of you. You're a by-product of what it is they've tuned in for, which is music. They want to hear music, hear new music, familiar music um your background to them all right it's not about you you can certainly make yourself into a prolific presenter where people will start to do that but i never miss never make the mistake that you are somehow like bigger than your show or bigger than your station because nah it's just unfortunately it doesn't work like that not anymore maybe in the days of tony blackburn when you'd have 30 plus million people listening to your show um but not but certainly not anymore so i don't know where's 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 my peak? Where's somewhere that I would feel like, I guess to have as many people listening to or paying attention to what I do outside of Radio 1 as they do inside of it. I think outside of um, having like one of the flagship shows on Radio 1, I think, yeah, that's when I'd feel like, okay, that's one. I'd love to be able to do something that feels like I've been building towards it For the last 13 or 14 years Something that's really Something really challenging for me Something every day when I wake up I'd have to go Right okay I got Knock this one out of the park And that's not to say That what I currently do Isn't a challenge But You know it's only, it's only two days a week That I do The weekends I feel most Competent presenters Will be able to come in And do a decent show Two days a week But What I'd like to do is go Alright Would I be able to do that Five days a week With an, uh, an, a massive audience that maybe doesn't even like me they don't really, maybe they don't really know anything about me and they love the person who did it before so I'm really gonna have to come in there and win them over I just uh, maybe I'm a little bit weird like that that I'd you know, if, if I had a choice between DJ into a room full of people who, had, who have heard of me and people who have no idea who I am and maybe not be into the music I'm going to play, I'd much rather go for that second room. It's way much more of a challenge. That to me is far more interesting. There's more glory in that. If you fuck up, yeah, it's going to be devastating. But what if you win? What if you win? That's so much more satisfying. No, mm. I don't know. That's the way I think
2: that's great I mean it sounds like you like a challenge but I I know you man I know you like challenges like you've always been someone who likes to go left when everyone's going right I am challenged (laughs) don't take this in the wrong way (laughs) (laughs) but um so that's where you are now in radio and the reason I called you an OG wasn't because like I was licking your ass or anything like that or 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 because of specific peaks it's because for me 14 14 (coughs) years A 14 year career in radio Maybe like isn't do, you, do, you, do
3: you want to include Pirate radio? It's longer
2: if you include Pirate radio If including Pirate What would it be? Was that Freak FM? Yeah That's Freak
3: FM Made a kind there There you go In uh, Including Pirate That would be 17 or 18 years then So longer Than I So I've been On radio Longer than I haven't been On radio That's weird In
2: your life That's really weird Is that the first time You thought of that? Yeah
3: Wow That's very odd
2: So yeah that, That's an achievement Devon. What was it can you remember your first ever radio show?
3: Nah, I can remember my first show on One Extra. Talk me through that. So that was, I did early breakfast. <laughs> Same slot I do now, but on Radio 1. Um, so I did early breakfast from 6 till 9 in the morning on One Extra with Reg. And my producers were, this is only going to be interesting to like me and you, but my producers were uh, Carol Berry and Casey White. And none of us knew what we were doing. Uh, Maybe there was twenty people listening. As in the heyday as well, when One Extra first started, and we used to like make up texts and stuff because (laughs) there was nobody listening. We'd be able to get away with that now. Um, So I don't remember what we talked about or anything like that. It was probably Reg leading and me just chipping in every now and then because I, up to that point, I'd never spoken on radio. I'd never. I was just the d j that was it and I still didn't quite understand how I was going be able to how I was gonna be able to do this but I, I, they were probably dog shit to be honest I reckon the first the first twelve years of me doing radio probably just <laughs> dog shit just talking absolute fraff but you know what that was me getting comfortable it was me finding myself and uh, a decade later you know <laughs> I <laughs> sussed it or I'd sort of figured out the way that I wanted to do it
2: finally warmed up do you know what bro bruv- and I love the fact that we got all of that just off that one Twitter question. Because I've got another tweet of yours. Corduroy or Denim? Yeah.
3: What, what was the story behind that? Corduroy or Denim was, well, for a start, I'd only just figured out you could do polls on Twitter. <laughs> it have been around for about a year, and I only just figured out the other day. But I also did a feature on my show, uh, which you'd know about if you did your research. Um, I did a feature on my show called uh, Which is Best. We did it quite early on a Saturday. And this is an, is an example of. Um, me trying to get my humour and stuff that I find funny on the radio. It was an attempt to take the piss out of... I used to listen to, you know, like LBC and stuff on the way into work sometimes. And those kind of shows are hilarious because, for a start, the presenters are they're very opinionated. It's not like when you listen to Radio 1, yeah, we sure we have opinions about stuff, but we're, we're not trying to provoke a response from you in both a positive and a negative way. I feel like stations like LBC have these presenters who say things in the same way that they have tabloid headlines. A tabloid headline is not designed to inform you. It's designed to provoke a response from you, a very immediate and a very strong response. So when you see something like, uh immigrant swarm Britain. That's not an attempt to go. Oh, well, let me read about this. What's going on? That's not what they're trying to do. They're trying to get you to go. Oh my God, I knew it. Or oh, they can't use language like that. You can't say. Something. It's trying to get an immediate response out of you. Same as like LBC. They, but 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 also, they cover a range of topics that could be really weird at some point. So if you're if you're doing a show at four o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday. Your topics can range from, you hear it all the time in LBC, it'll be like, alright, this morning uh, we're discussing uh, your thoughts on the referendum. Also, uh, UKIP just had a few seats voted into Parliament. We'd love to know your thoughts on that. And also, we'd love to know your favourite brand of biscuit. If you could just give us a call, please just call us, anybody. Call and you'll probably get on. So it was a, it was sort of an attempt at taking the piss out of phone-in shows like that. And uh, we've done which is best. So what we do... Bearing in mind this is a national radio show, right? There's like a couple million people listening. And I could use it to discuss really important issues that would really make changes. And I don't. We have issues like uh, which is best, uh, bath or shower, sweet or salty popcorn, um, giraffes or dolphins was one. What's the one we did last week? Bridges or tunnels, I think was one before uh just just stuff like that but to me what's funny is the amount of people that get in touch every every week i do it and part of me thinks no one's gonna fucking get in touch with this this is nonsense who's gonna text in and tell me what whether they prefer which is best a hippo or fucking giraffe like surely nobody cares but maybe it's that time in the morning maybe it's the mood that people are in at that time of the day maybe it's just the the people that I have left listening to me just get my humour a little bit better but you know it promotes this response and you get to read out all these messages and people leave voicemails and stuff and to me it's just hilarious so I attempted to, to answer your question that you asked about an hour ago the corduroy or denim was I was going to start doing which is best based on polls that I did during the week. I just forgot about it and I pinned it to the top of my Twitter and I forgot to take it down. But now the longer I leave it up there, the funnier it is to me because it doesn't make any sense to most people. Corduroy or denim, Dev? Yeah, denim Denim won by a landslide. And I think I'd go with denim as well. Denim's like... Denim's awesome. You can wear like a pair of jeans six, seven days in a row. No one's going to say anything. I think if you wear corduroy... It's very difficult to pull it off non-ironically. I think if you wear it, okay, he's just having a laugh. Look at him in his corduroy. It's okay. I think if you wear it seriously, I feel like people might talk. I feel people might feel that like there's something wrong with you. It's either a cry for help or it's a sign that you're losing your shit and you probably need to... Go and see somebody. I don't think anybody under the age of 60 needs to be caught dead in corduroy again unless doing it, ironically. What was the last corduroy item that you wore? I don't know, but I remember these corduroy trousers that my mum used to put me in. She used to dress me like such a fucking dork when I was a kid. When I look back at all my pictures, it's all like cardigans Grey Trousers Brown Shoes Like what are, we, what are you Trying to do And she wonders While well, getting Fights all the time So I'm not getting I'm not getting in fights I'm fighting Off attackers mum Because they're Laughing at my clothes Um So yeah She's me like Such a fucking dork I had a lot of corduroy As a kid Corduroy featured Quite heavily In my wardrobe Up until the age Of about When did you get To start choosing Your own clothes About Thirteen Or fourteen I had a paper round at that age, so I was able to like start buying, you know, stuff I actually wanted to wear, like dragon shirts from Top Man. But up until that age, a lot of corduroy, a lot of cardigans, dragon shirts from Topman. You never used to wear um, dragon shirts, or the ones you used to get from like Camden Market. Oh, like the, a, there was a big dragon that went around yeah, the shirt. Yeah, or like a samurai in the back, or something like that. Do you know the craziest thing about? The way that... I don't think it, it wasn't ever advertised, but you had this in your mind with certain things. So when you're about 13 or 14, even if you've never been laid before, I think most 13 or 14-year-olds haven't been laid by that point. Maybe that's just me. But um, you think in the back of your mind, there's certain key things. If you have, you're definitely going to get some. So do you remember how Lynx was marketed to you as a, as like a 14-year-old? Hell yes. You just used to think, all, all i got to do is just wear some links. I'm going to wear something and so i walk past a group of girls. There'll be a queue of them waiting to suck my 14-year-old cock, right? Round the block, surely. That's why, and it was the same with dragon shirts. It was something about putting on those oversized dragon shirts you used to get from Cannon Market for like 20 quid, where you were like, I am getting laid tonight and it's going to be because of this shirt. I don't know what it was. You know my worst item that I ever bought? And I really hope that there's a picture of this that I can find somewhere. The worst outfit I ever wore was to a night at Camden Palace. They used to have these under 18 parties. And the worst item of clothing I ever wore. That I was certain was going to get me laid. It was a skin tight. Silk. Zip up shirt. It was like dark red. And really shiny. Yeah. Picture that. It was skin tight. On my wiry 15 year old frame. Right, I think I might have worn some gloves with it as well like the NFL gloves they used to go I know man I know come on man we're 15 we're struggling for some identity <laughs> zip up shirt zip up shirt do you remember how that went down? I mean I think I think I got numbers and stuff just for sheer perseverance and I think back in when was that when would that have been 2000 2001 I think you would have gotten away with it but Oh man, looking back though, what was I thinking? A zip-up shirt. Could you ever
2: imagine it, getting a number with a pen and paper, or just or sending a text, which is only one hundred and forty characters, being the only thing that you, where you can communicate? Nah. Could change, like? Do you do you remember that? Like what that was like?
3: I do miss that. I do really miss that. I miss that. You see somebody that you liked. Although you know what? T- to be fair, the parties that I used to go to, these under events, they weren't really about getting phone numbers. I probably got in. I probably went to those for about three years. I probably maybe only got about four or five phone numbers, right? The aim of the game was to kiss as many girls as you could. That was what every. How many numbers? Not as in how many have you kissed so far. And that could range from four or five to like, I'm not shitting you, man. I'm not just saying this to like big myself up, but like 30, which is if if you really think about it, is. Fucking disgusting. Like, think about that for a second. Think about kissing thirty. All right, forget 30. 20. 20 fucking people full-on, on the mouth, tongues and everything. Think about that. Think about kissing 20 fucking people on the mouth. Like, full-on, snog, getting off of them. It's disgusting, right? But then also picture this. Picture that person also getting off with at least 20 other people. And all of a sudden, you got, like, some fucking cesspool going on and that's that's what the vibe was but you weren't thinking about that when you were 15 years old you're just thinking about how many people can i get off of
2: While you're creating super
3: viruses and super <laughs> super bacteria, you can only imagine Ooh. jesus yeah that, that was crazy man you'd be like looking around it'd be like girls getting fingered in the corner and stuff like guys getting wanked off flipping just like Chewing each other's faces off in the middle of the dance floor, and the, the craziest thing to me was none of us were on drugs, none of us were drinking either. That was pure adolescent, <laughs> flipping hormone fueled, just Lucasade supplied, and in like the good days where you could get Lucasade in a glass bottle as well. Oh man, that was so disgusting, but. <laughs> <laughs> But awesome at the same time I and mean, we never used to get phone numbers I mean what are you gonna do anyway if you get a phone number at 14 what are you gonna do put on your best phone voice and 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 actually
2: that was a bit of, you you did a little bit of stand-up didn't you I, I did do
3: that was a bit that I did for um stand-up but um I'm I'm what, what are you gonna do at 14 If you fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, 15 16 even you meet some girl and you like chances are she doesn't live anywhere near you so I remember I yeah meet somebody oh where are you from uh i live in crystal palace or something if you live in north london that's like you might as well be from fucking india or whatever like i ain't never come into crystal palace you no know? so you get a number you might speak for a bit on the phone but you'd never end up meeting up and even if you are going to meet up where are you gonna go you're just gonna walk around for a park for a little bit you're gonna say yeah come back to mine it's, it's not gonna go down like that you know mm. it's like a lot of very frustrated years but no i do i do miss that just sort of going up to somebody that you fancy, having to talk to them, having to have that conversation. Because I've used I've used that like Tinder a bit in like the last year. I probably in the last year I've been on like more first dates than I've ever been on. And something I realised really quickly is I don't think it's a good way to meet. I think if you're just on Tinder to get laid, cool, fill your boots, right? But I feel like if you're on Tinder to meet somebody that you're gonna have a relationship with, I don't know if it is that good because. Most of the time, someone you end up in a relationship with, you've had some sort of face to face communication with or that initial communication has been face to face. So most of the time, if you've got someone's phone number or you've been a friend of somebody, you've had some kind of interaction. The amount of times I've been out on these first dates and I realise within, I kid you not, two minutes, I've got nothing in common with this person. This is never going to work out. Uh, I'm now going to have to go through this entire day knowing this is, there's nothing here for me. This is not going to work out. It's an awful feeling, but something I've never got after going up to somebody and talking to them and getting their phone number or, you know, speaking to them on the phone for a bit or somebody that I've worked with or that I've known about through a friend or something like that, you know, that's something I've never experienced. Just the last year being on something, like, I I just deleted it the other day. So I was like, this is, this is bullshit. But, um yeah I don't know if it's that good for I think if you're if you're like say if, say if you're gay and you're on Grindr which I think is fucking fantastic by the way I mean bravo gays seriously for sorting out Grinder. there's many aspects of the gay community that I just think are so fucking fantastic, man. They they really got their shit together, guys. I think the rest of us need to look at what the gay community are doing and and going, fucking hell, how... Teach us. How can we... (laughs) How can we do... they got so much disposable income, right? Uh, As far as they're not adding to the population or anything like that, they're usually very environmental, quite conscious about... Their environments are not, you know. They, I'm sure most of them recycle. They look after themselves. They look great. I really do think we need to start paying attention to what the gay community is doing and going. How can we be more like that? But they, with the grinder thing, come on. This is what annoys me about Tinder. Tinder, you'll get a girl, a profile picture. She hasn't got her tits out, right? But you can see her tits, right? And immediately in in the bio, it will say, "Look, I'm not here for a hookup." I'm not here looking for a hookup. I'm, I'm, I'm here looking for a serious relationship. Don't fucking message me if you're just looking for somebody to fuck. And this is what I'm overlooking with that. I don't know what it's like to be a girl on social media. I don't know what that's like. Right. I imagine, for the most part, a lot of times, it's fucking brutal. I imagine the things that people say to you and the things that people send to you, very, very different experience to what I'm going to have as a man. But like let's, let's be clear about what Tinder is. Tinder is for people who can't be bothered to go up to other human beings and talk to them and I oh, let me get your number and hey let's hang out. It's people who can't be bothered to do any of that and just want to communicate through a series of messages. That's it. So, if you're on Tinder looking for a relationship, you're a fucking idiot go eHarmony or something like that go somewhere where they'll match you up with somebody you have the same interest in and I mean you're already using an online app to fucking do that so go over there right Tinder should be for straight people what Grindr is for gays and it isn't why why Marcus (laughs) tell me why it's not why isn't it you can't just go and go right who's in my area alright cool listen I got 25 minutes for lunch does anybody want to meet up and let's fucking do this. Why isn't it like that? Why do, not do lunch or no? <laughs> Why isn't it like that? I d- I have no idea. I have no idea, mate. Gay's not grinder sorted out. What's, um, what's if 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 I if if I wasn't completely grossed out by the sight of another man's cock and balls, I don't even like looking at my own. To be honest, right? I think I'd make a fantastic gay. If I if, if I if I was that way inclined, I think I'd get so much more done, right? I feel like I'd have my taxes in order, okay, I feel like I'd just be doing, I'd be doing shit, man, but because so much is occupied by just trying to either attract a female or at least keep them happy, right, It's, it's exhausting it's almost it's, like a, it's, it's almost like a part time job so you're
2: basically blaming women, women for Tinder being out it's
3: all your fault <laughs> nah, nah I just I just think that's really interesting why is why is it like that why isn't it should be but it's not like that's the other thing that's great about like I'm talking about gay men in particular now the great thing about them is it's still a bloke isn't it like if you're in a relationship with a guy you fuck a guy or whatever it's it's still another bloke so you can still turn to him and go listen uh, I got work in like fifteen minutes, so let's just have a quickie and then, do you know what I mean? Like, you need to get your shit together because I'm not really comfortable with you staying. <laughs> know, like, we have not really know each other that long, and I feel like you know the other guy's not gonna get upset. He's not. Gonna, he gets it. He's a guy. He's still, a dude, he knows exactly where you're coming from.
2: Right, listen, you got a lot of life to live still, Dev. You yeah. know, you could maybe. Who knows? Uh, I, just,
3: I don't think it. I don't think it's something that you choose. You know, like, I don't think you just choose to be gay or not. I mean, I, I genuinely think the lifestyle—it sounds very appealing. There's a lot of there's a lot of things, but again, I just I don't know. I just think it's just the arse sex that I think I'd ever, I I wouldn't be able to get into you know. Yeah.
2: You don't have to necessarily do that. Well, what would you do then? I think it's like tops and bottoms. So like bottoms appeal. No, but like even that, like
3: like ah oh, like me fucking a guy. I just I don't. You don't have to do that. So Sixty nine. So, I'd have, so in order to be in a gay relationship I'd have to at least suck a cock
2: I don't know if you'd have to because there are some people that get into relationships and don't do a lot but See, I'd say you, right. you want to give and take alright
3: alright okay let's say I went I'm, I'll go as far as you along with you as to say alright so in order for me to be part of this gay community that I admire so much right the least I'm going to have to do is to have a male partner right yeah okay and you're saying the the bare minimum that I'm going to have to do to keep this guy is to suck his cock. Right. This is where I think this, this, this is, this is where I think it would be unfair because I'd be so, my heart wouldn't be in it, Marcus. I'd be given the most reluctant color. Kind of, oh God. Kind of <laughs> like, imagine someone sucking your dick and everything's just like, Oh God, am tears. And just, and like, yeah, uh, oh God, it's the scar. Oh, it's winking at me. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, I don't want to touch it. Like, can you imagine getting a blowjob from somebody like that? And that—that—that's uh, not. That's not joining in the spirit of things, man. It's like fully commit or don't at all. And I already know I don't have that in me. I don't have it in me to give a fully committed blowjob. I, I don't. I don't have it in me. I'm that'd sorry,
2: that would be a big turn off. That would be a big turn off. That's what I'm saying. So what sort of There's interesting gay characters. guys that might
3: be listening to this right now that will recoil the idea of that happening? Just and that's the other thing. If I was gay as well, I wouldn't want someone who's a bit unsure. I'd be like someone who's like, "Let's fucking do this, bruv. <laughs> that's, what be. that's what I'd want.
2: Yeah. So what sort of um, curveballs has Tinder thrown you in the female form? Bigots. Wow. Bigotry. Well, the rest of the story can be heard in the next episode of Marcus Meets, and it's uh, well worth hearing. This show is produced and hosted by Marcus Bronzy. Hi. Thank you to the co-producers, Billy Wright, Shane Powell, David Shawcross. Special thanks to Milo Fisher in Research, Wide Awake, aka CJ Beats and Jordan Crisp for the intro and outro music. You can listen to Marcus Meets via iTunes Podcasts for Apple devices or Acast, which works on every single phone that I know of. If you're unsure of what will work with your device, then head to marcusbronzy.com slash meets to listen any way you desire. We would also love your feedback in the form of a rating and or review. And you can do that by going to marcusbronzy.com slash review. We put a link in the episode description just for you. And if you really love us... You can become a patron of Marcus Meats and get access to bonus content, early episodes, exclusive merchandise and have actual input on future show content. You can donate as much or as little as you want, say the cost of a cup of British tea by going to MarcusBronzey.com slash tea. That's MarcusBronzey.com slash tea. See you next time.
0: Selling a little or a lot? Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.
1: Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you.